to kids' first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Catherine, from Kansas City. Today, we'll be talking with Jude about Come Play, Trent Corey, Dan Abraham, Peter Del Vecchio, and Becky Brisi about Once Upon a Snowman, Jacob Chase and Daisy Robertson about Come Play, and Daniel Nedson about Skydog. First, we'll be reviewing The Witches with Zoe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Doing good. Um, so I personally got to watch this movie, and I loved it. Uh, it was the perfect amount of scary yet funny. And so what was your overall opinion about The Witches? That is so funny. I wrote the same thing because I um I get scared really easily. You know, things with like Pennywise or just horror is definitely not my um. Well, I just can't handle it without getting a nightmare. But yeah, I think it was the perfect amount of scary, but also gave you like a lot of cinematic joy. I, this is a beautiful film. I actually did not watch the original film in 1990, which I think was good because I got like a fresh interpretation. And I feel like the people who did watch it didn't enjoy this film as much, but I personally loved this. It's probably one of my favorite films actually this year. Oh yeah, I will have to agree. It was, I actually got to see the first one and I liked comparing the two and I was like, it was good how it was the same, but also different. But I overall liked uh, this one a little bit better. Um, and so... For those of you who have not seen this movie yet, what is The Witches about? Well, The Witches is a fantastic story. I think it really just grabbed me in from the beginning. It was a really intriguing story. Um, it's basically the seven-year-old boy who is an orphan. His parents passed in the beginning of the film, and his grandma is pretty much taking care of him. And then he discovers that witches are real, and this is really shocking for him. So basically, the witches find the kid, and witches, they hate kids, like they dread them um, and they basically tried to turn kids into mice, which I thought was really interesting. It was really cute though. The mice were adorable. Um, yeah. And then the rest of the film is basically, you know, them trying not to be turned into mice and to stop all the other children from becoming mice. Yeah. So it's a very interesting um, storyline and also very creative. Uh, so this is a little bit of a different question, but um, as you said, the kids get turned into mice, so if you were turned into a mouse, what would be the most fun thing about it? I think being a mouse in general, you know, just kind of really interesting. I, I think because, you know, humans are so big. Okay, this is going to sound totally weird, but my dog, she's like super short, so I sometimes try to like go on the floor to see how everything is from her perspective. But like a mouse is even tinier than that. And even when I'm on the floor, everything's huge. So I think just like seeing the world from a mouse perspective is a really interesting thing. And that's one of the things I love about this film because I feel like it gives you like a really powerful message to like you know, accept yourself. Because when the kid is turned into a mice, I think he's having a troubled time with like, you know, accepting him as a mouse. And that's a really important message nowadays. Yeah, it sure is. And I, I thought that they did great camera work too because you could actually see the perspective of a mouse, which was... Great. So, and also in the witch in uh, the witches in the witches had some pretty gruesome features that looked kind of outrageous, but almost realistic. And as you said, the mice actually looked pretty realistic too. And so, uh, what do you think of the special effects? 
So I think the special effects were, they were so cool. At the same time, they were kind of scary and I feel like they kind of spooked me at points, but in a good way, like not to the point that like I could not watch because it was actually really interesting. Like they had these really cool smiles and that's one of the things I really like about this film is that you kind of get a lot of background information of the witches and I wanted to know more about them, but I think seeing them and then they display all the special effects in a really nice way for the audience, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Oh, and like some of the thing, like sometimes I was just like during the movie, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) They they look kind of realistic almost, but like they also just look so like unreal that they look unreal, but almost real because it's that good. Um, Anyway, so the movie was uh, set in uh, the 1960s to 70s. So what do you think about the sets and costumes? I love the sets and costumes. It was really interesting. I'm pretty sure they filmed, I know they filmed in the Warner Brothers studios in Levenston, England. And they, I think the sets, they were so interesting. You know, the Mongolia suite where like the ballroom where all the witches had the huge meeting. And I also know in the area they had the Harry Potter Museum. And I feel like the set in general was such a magical place. My mom's always wanted to take me to London. I always wanted to, so I can just imagine how cool that would be to be there. Yeah, they looked really realistic. Like, it almost took you back to that time. You're like, whoa, these kitchens are fancy, you know? (laughs) And so uh, what were some of the, like, the takeaways from this movie? I think the messages um, that I think they can really resonate with the audience, as I said, you know, um, accepting yourself. And nowadays, I feel like that's something that everyone needs to learn how to do. And even though it's hard, I think this film um, puts it in a way that it just it's really impactful as audience and I also I think this entire film in general was just a real not roller coaster well yeah in a way you know because it spooks you but at the same time it's really nice beautiful story and in a way I think it's like a love letter to grandmas because Octavia Spencer which is one of my favorite actresses has to take care of this young boy and I feel like a grandmother's life is so important in a kid's life. So yeah, I think there's a lot of things you can really take away from this film. Um, there's not really one specific one. Yeah, and there I've seen like a lot of things like that, but this specifically. And so what is your age range in star rating? So it might be um, you know a little scary, but I would give it a five out of five stars. I. would recommend to watch it. Maybe from kids 10 and up and, you know, adults as well. Yeah, I would have to agree. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Trent Corey, Dan Abraham, Peter Delvecho, and Becky Breesey about Once Upon a Snowman, Jacob Chase and Daisy Robertson about Come Play, and Daniel Nudson about Skydog. Right now we're switching over to our review with Jude about Come Play. So just by watching... Like, just the beginning of the trailer, like, first 15 seconds, it looked horrifying. Also, I'm a bit easily scared, but uh, that's beside <laughs> the point. So, are you the type of person who enjoys scary movies, and was this a satisfying scary movie? Definitely. I thought that it was amazing. Just, be, like, for, from the horror aspect, yes, because it scares you. it scares you in odd ways. It's really interesting to see how the writing can affect the overall theme of the movie, because... Like, in every horror movie, you pretty much expect to get scared by a big, scary monster. But this movie manages to scare you with two people walking down the street, which is insanely awesome, in a way, but also terrifying. Because if you think that's scary, what else are you going to think is scary? 
Yeah. And uh, whoa. So I'm, I'm never the like the person for scary movies. I think I'd enjoy them if I wasn't so easily scared and didn't get nightmares and wasn't paranoid after watching like a trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, what was this movie about? Uh, come, fl- come play follows a, a young boy named Oliver um, who is on the autistic spectrum and he cannot verbalize for himself. So he has to use um, his, uh, his prized tablet to communicate with others. Um, and one night, um, his phone or tablet starts talking to him. Um, and Oliver, Oliver's phone randomly gets stuck on a book called Misunderstood Monsters. And he learns of a monster named Larry. Kind of sounds silly, but trust me, it is not. Um, who, who, who just wants a friend. So he goes out to, he, he goes out to befriend Oliver and Oliver learns the true potential of Larry and what his true, plans are so he has to escape the he has to escape the clutches of this devilish monster Ooh, scary (laughs) so obviously a movie like this needs some quality effects uh, special effects to get people genuinely scared and so what are the special effects like i thought they were amazing honestly um i it um larry has this electrical connection throughout the movie so the um so the so the lighting effects were extremely important throughout the film so it was really interesting to see like to to be able to specifically complement the electrical department just shows how amazing the electrical effects are because they played such a big role in the movie that it was it just made it 10 times scarier with having great electrical effects to make the to make the monster even more scary. Yeah. Okay. So I I heard that you were saying that it was it was pretty believable. Like it actually uh, scared you. So um, who like the so another important thing is like acting. So uh, who are some of the strongest performances? Um, I would definitely say the main little boy, uh, Azzy Rob- um, Azzy Robertson. Um, who plays Oliver. Um, he, he delivers a, qu- a quality and above and beyond performance um, that really delivers, I think, every point he was tra- that, that role is trying to get across of, about friendship um, and family. Um, the mother is also amazing. Um, she, she's played by Gillian Jacobs, who, play, uh, who is in the TV show Community. So it was very interesting to see her in a very different type of role because I've seen her in a bunch of comedy stuff, but I've never seen her in a horror movie. So it was very, it was very nice to see her in a different uh, uh, genre. Yeah, it's very interesting to see some of your favorite actors and stuff like play a totally different role than you'd expect that they would. And so also going on the scary movie thing, like eerie music alone can be scary. So how mm-hmm. did the makers of the movie utilize this? Well, I wouldn't say it was the music that made it scary per se. N- n- unfortunately, I wouldn't say like the music really grabbed me. I mean, yes, in 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 like in like the background, there can be like slight music just to make you even more tense and be ready for a really big jump scare. Um, but I, I I don't think it was the. I mean, I I yes like the music did help make it scary, but it wasn't the main thing that made it scary. It was, it was the writing. Okay. Yeah. Understandable. Sometimes there are like some scary movies that the music can just be like, Oh God, something's mm-hmm. going to happen. But yeah. I guess it's not, it's not always scary. It's just like, Oh God, something's going to happen. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. And so as far as uh, memorability, like, do you think that this movie could go down to be a Halloween classic? Oh, it's a very hard question. Just because when I think, like, when I think scary classics, I think of like Halloween and Friday the 13th. So it's really hard to live up to those big names. I would definitely say that this horror movie has a completely authentic plot that I have never seen before in a horror movie just because of the way it like, just because of the ways that it scares you. I, I know I said, I know I said that I, I know that I have said that many times before tonight, but that's just the point I'm trying to get across so it can scare you in ways that you cannot imagine. Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. Yeah. It is kind of hard to define a Halloween classic. Um, yeah, I guess that that probably makes sense. And uh, so are there any positive messages that came out of this movie? And so if so, what were they? Definitely friendship. Um, um, it, since the movie follows a young boy who doesn't have any friends and a monster who is also lonely and wants to friend somebody who is also lonely. So, the, so, then, so, then, so then they can't be lonely anymore. Um, definitely friendship. Just because, um, and to not judge people at a first glance, because just because something bad might happen, that doesn't mean to throw them out of your life forever, because they can come back and they can be a best friend that you actually didn't expect them to be. Those are some pretty good messages, actually. So uh, what was your scarometer out of five rating for this film? And uh, what age would you recommend it for? I would give it five out of five stars just because of the amazing electrical effects and authentic plot. I would definitely, I, I, I agree with the above 13 uh, age rating um, just because it is scary. Yes. Um, but also a great horror movie to start with if you're just getting into the horror genre. So I definitely recommend that. Um, and I would also agree that adults will love it too. All right, that's good. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine from Kansas City, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by The Magic Sash. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on Kids First Coming Attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. 
The Empowered Kids series, every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, from Kansas City, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Come Play with Jude and the Witches with Zoe. Next up, we'll be interviewing Trent Corey, Dan Abraham, Peter Delvecco, and Becky Bressy about Once Upon a Snowman. Hey guys, it's me, Linda Lee from Kids First, and I had the chance recently to chat with some of the filmmakers of the new Frozen animated short, Once Upon a Snowman. It's the story of what happens to Olaf after he is brought to life by Elsa in the original Frozen movie. The short follows his adventures from the moment he opens his eyes until he meets up with Anna, Sven, and Kristoff, and is told from a unique point of view, almost behind the scenes, of the action we see going on during the movie we've all grown to love. It's fun of full Easter eggs, cameos, and finally an answer as to why Olaf is so in love with Summer. First up, I'm talking to Peter Del Vecco, who is the creative consultant of this short, and Becky Bressy, the head of animation on the project. We know Josh Gad came back for this, and it sounds like the voice of Oaken did too. So was there anyone else from the cast who came back to contribute to this short? Uh, you named the two that actually had to come in and record. Obviously, we used the voices uh, from the first film, um, and they were aware we were making the short, but I don't believe they actually had to come in and record either. It was primarily Oaken and uh, uh, Olaf. There's a lot of fun inside jokes and Easter eggs in this short, so what are a couple of the team's favorites that fans should look closely for? Well, um, two of the two of the pictures in the stereoscope when Olaf is discovering how much he loves Summer are from other movies that the studio's done. I when, that, did you see that? Even though it yeah. flickered by really quick? Yeah. Um, one uh, from Moana and one from Tango, so... That's pretty fun. That's the one that I, that's, I was like, oh, that's yeah. I know, I saw that too, and I was like, oh. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for talking to me. I had such a good time. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for the great question. Thank you. Well, now we switch gears and are talking next to Trent Corey, who is the director and writer of Once Upon a Snowman, and Dan Abraham, who also helped direct and write the short. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, this is so cool. Trent, can you tell us what was the inspiration for Once Upon a Snowman? Sure, of course. Yeah, so I, I got lucky. I started at Disney in 2012. And I worked on the first Frozen. I was a crowds animator. And then I said, Olaf was my very first character to animate at Disney, which was definitely a dream come true because I'm a huge Disney fan. And uh, really... You know, the idea behind the short was, uh, you, you remember the part where Elsa sings Let It Go and she makes it up, and then she just walks away and she continues singing, and I thought, you know, there's a story there because she created life for the very first time uh, in this little snowman, and I want to see him uh, walk for the first time and find out who he is. So that, so really it came from a place of being a fan. I love the Frozen movies. 
And I just said, like, I want to see Olaf and, and how, how he comes to you. What character from other from another Disney um, universe would you love to see a behind-the-scenes type of uh, short like this one? Oh, you're asking some good questions here. <laughs> you are. I want to see when Oaken was born, because I want to know if he was that big when he was born. <laughs> that would be cool. You know what I would want to see? This is this is going back a while, but um, in Lady and the Tramp, they had puppies at the end of that movie, and back in the day, uh, they had one puppy that looked like Tramp, and his name was Scamp, and there was a whole comic book series about him, and I always thought he was so cute. I'd love to see a series of shorts about Scamp. I would probably want to see um, what Rapunzel does. Like if they like they name like. Mostly like reading books, brushing her hair, cooking, etc. But I would want to see like what she actually does and like, like in her tower normally. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah there's that great song. You kind of learn a little bit. I like that idea. I want to know more about her ventriloquism. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Zoe about the witches, Dude about Come Play, Jacob Chase and AZ Robertson about Come Play, and Daniel Nudson about Sky Dog. Right now, we're continuing our interview with the crew of Once Upon a Snowman. Do you think we'll one day see a short where we can hear what Spend the Reindeer's inner thoughts are? <laughs> oh, cool. I think, I think that Kristoff tells us what his inner thoughts are all the time, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> I think there should be a short where Spend learns to talk and Kristoff loses his pockets and Spend has to talk to Kristoff. Kind of like in uh, Frozen 2 when he start singing. Yeah. 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 Do you, know, you know that uh, Dan, right here, he boarded that sequence? Uh, the hilarity awesome. of the Spend Yourself song? I had so much fun coming up with that stuff. It was really a blast, like, to yeah. come up with how silly and fun that could be. That was funny. There's lots of fun inside jokes and Easter eggs in this short, so what are a couple of your favorites? Well, first of all, I want to know what your favorite is. It's not an Easter egg or anything, but I just thought it was funny when she threw <laughs> and it just knocked Olaf off of the cliff. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that part too. I love that Olaf opens his eyes for like a split second and barely has time to see the yeah. world before getting taken out. Like, uh, and this is kind of an Easter egg, but I love that Oaken is trying to sell on his uh, coronation dress. Uh, yeah, you know, I put the price tag on there, and he's yeah. trying to sell it to make a little money. Yeah, that's funny. Which gag that is addressed and or answered in this short is your favorite? <laughs> I I kind of like the gag. This was in the original pitch too. I like when Olaf finally sees his perfect nose, the carrot. It lands gently in the snow right yeah. at the end. And then the sleigh comes crashing down. Oh, and, funny. You know, and we told the effects artists, make the biggest explosion you can. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I love the animation of Olaf. He's so, so excited. And then he's so let down when that little character <laughs> So for kids who are interested in animation as a career, whether it's drawing or di- directing, what advice do you have to give and where should they start? A hundred percent. Because uh, I was that kid when I was young, I, I I just wanted to work for Disney, 
And it's just all about drawing, 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 drawing. And drawing from life, drawing what you see, drawing what you want, like in terms of if you like cartoon characters or anime or if whatever it is. Uh, but then also drawing buildings and drawing, just draw anything that you that you see. Um, and then as, as you watch more and more movies, it's important to not only watch the movies, but afterward kind of think about why you liked that movie or why you didn't like that movie. And sort of start wrapping your brain around um, if you want to be a filmmaker about why you think certain things worked or why certain characters really appealed to you or didn't. And you just kind of learn more and more from sort of doing that and sort of really taking the time to analyze your feelings about what you just saw. Um, well, thank you guys so much for talking to me. I had a great time. Uh, yeah, thank you. Linda, you're a great thank interviewer. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed those interviews. Don't forget to check out Once Upon a Snowman now on Disney+. Plus. Please be sure to subscribe to Kids First on YouTube and social media for more fun reviews and interviews from today's biggest TV shows and movies. For Kids First, I'm Linda Lee. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine from Kansas City, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by The Magic Sash. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. 
Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine from Kansas City, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with the crew of Once Upon a Snowman. Next up, we will be interviewing Jacob Chase about Come Play. Hi, I'm Ishan Mani, reporting for Kids First. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Jacob Chase, writer and director of Come Play, a new vision in horror. Mr. Chase's scripts have landed on the 2018 and 2019 hit list for the best specs of the year. He was listed as one of Hollywood's top 100 new writers on the 2017 Young and Hungry list. Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me today, Jacob. Let's get into it. <laughs> so I'm curious, what drew you to write and direct Come Play? Well, I, you know, I wanted to make a, a film that was both very scary and suspenseful, but also had a ton of heart uh, and compassion and, and really sort of harkened back to sort of the Amblin movies I grew up with that made me want to be a filmmaker in the first place that weren't afraid to scare kids, uh, but at the same time were very real and authentic. Uh, what do you think is the most important part of writing a horror screenplay? I think the most important part of writing a horror screenplay is uh, is caring about the characters. Um, you know, really, we are we're only going to be afraid for them if we care if they die. <laughs> uh, and and so you know, creating really authentic characters that are that are interesting and and you know th- that's that's the most important ingredient and then all of the the suspense and horror and monster stuff is, is just the icing on the cake as a writer how do you ensure i guess in this case it would be the scariness of your film how do i ensure the scariness i mean <laughs> i you know it's a lot of planning i mean it's 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 orchestrating um sequences uh, in a way that you think will will surprise people, um, catch people off guard. Um, but also at the same time, it's about, um, you know, setting up a monster and an idea early on so that that idea can be in people's heads throughout. So we don't see Larry very much in the movie intentionally, but we always feel his presence. You know, he could be sitting next to you right now as you're watching this interview and you wouldn't know it uh, unless you pulled up your phone and looked for right. him. Right, right, yeah. That's really interesting. That's really cool. <laughs> so how did Come Play challenge you as a director? I mean, Come Play was challenging in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, being uh, the biggest film I've ever been a part of um, was one, you know, working with uh, an amazing young kid, Edgy Robertson, um, you know, working with sort of within the hours that you work with a kid on set. Um, but then also probably the biggest challenge was just creating Larry the monster himself. You know, it was important to me that he was a practical uh, puppet that the Jim Henson Creature Shop uh, created with me. Um, and, and I think, you know, just making sure we got that right and we made him as eerie as possible. I, I think that was the biggest challenge for me. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Jacob. This has been amazing. Great. Thank you very much for the questions. It was wonderful speaking with Jacob. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Come Play with Jude, The Witches with Zoe, Trent Corey, Dan Abraham, Peter Delvecco, and Becky Bressy about Once Upon a Snowman, and Danny Knudsen about Sky Dog. Right now we're switching over to our interview with AZ Robertson about Come Play. What's that? Benjamin Price, my fellow film critic, is joining me to interview Aji Robertson, who plays Oliver, the protagonist in Come Play. Let's do this! Hi, I'm Ishan Mani, 
and I'm Benjamin Price. And we're reporting for Kids First. Today, we're super excited to speak with Aji Robertson, who plays Oliver in the upcoming horror film, Come Play. Aji has acted in several critically acclaimed films, including Beyond the Night and the Academy Award-winning Marriage Story. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. What was the most fun part of playing Oliver? Oh my gosh, there are a lot of things. Um, but I feel like the coolest part of playing Oliver was um, he has autism. He's on the spectrum. So I don't think that kind uh, that community is really represented that much in media. So I thought it would be amazing to play someone on the spectrum. And did you make any new friends with the other child actors? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jaden, who plays, um, I think his name is Mateo. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the characters in Byron's gang. Um, he, we, uh, we still um, call each other once in a while and play some video games, uh, which is pretty cool. Nice. Gillian Jacobs and John Gallagher Jr. play your on-screen parents in the film. What did they, what did your old grown-up co-stars teach you, and what do you think you taught them? Well, uh, Gillian in particular, uh, since I have a lot of emotional uh, scenes in this uh, movie, she uh, taught me how to sort of get in that mood a little bit uh, easier by uh, isolating myself from everyone else. Um, and that really helped me concentrate. So that was pretty cool. And do you feel that performing in Come Play bettered your acting skills in any way? Yeah, I yeah definitely because I I think that's really one of the first things that I had that was really deep and emotional that I did. In the movie, your character Oliver is nonverbal. How do you prepare for a role that is that unique, a leading one, but with barely even a speaking part? How do you kind of prepare for that? Well, I think um, if your character can't speak then I feel like you have to do twice as much acting yeah. because um, you can't really get a gist of their personalities uh, through their lines because they don't have any. So I tried to give them, give the audience a understanding of Oliver's personality through um, my behavior and my acting. And how do you resonate with the genre of horror films in general? Well, um, I'm kind of a huge scaredy cat, uh, but I can empathize. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I uh, watched uh, Poltergeist, the original, not the reboot, um, before getting before uh, playing in this movie because I feel like they're kind of similar because they both involve an invisible entity doing some crazy things to a, a family, and. Yeah. Your roles, going off of some of the darker aspects of this movie, your roles have touched on some pretty heavy subject matter. Divorce and marriage story, fascism and the plot against America, and now the supernatural and come play. As an actor, does the material that can head in darker directions ever weigh on you, and how do you deal with that on and off set? Well, um, on set, everyone is great. Like, on the plot, marriage story, and this, I feel like they're, they were some of my favorite projects to work on because everyone was so great and so nice. 
to work with because I didn't, it really didn't feel that dark and heavy um, offset. So I feel like that's pretty nice. So in the film Come Play, uh, Oliver kind of copes with the supernatural using the SpongeBob theme song. So if you had to cope with, I don't know, a, a, a scary creature <laughs> uh, jumping out of an ebook into your world, what song would you choose to cope with it? Oh man, that's 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 crazy. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, it's kind of silly, but you know the song uh, "Tub Thumping" by oh, yeah? Chumbawamba. <laughs> I think that because I don't know why, it's just it always gets stuck in my head, and uh, I feel like that's uh, a more upbeat song. Nice. I think "Tub Thumping" would. Be, it'd be a it'd be a nice way to distract from the unseen paranormal threat. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What do you hope audiences will take away from this film? I think this is a very interesting film because, really, Larry he's sort of <laughs> uh, empathizable because you can empathize with him because he all he wants is a friend because he's lonely and. So is Oliver, and at the core of this movie, it's just about uh, uh, two lonely people. And I feel like that's also shown uh, through um, Oliver's mom, because she wants to connect with um, Oliver more. And it's something we could all relate to, because sometimes we all feel lonely. Thanks so much for speaking with us today, Ashy. Come Play comes to theaters October 30th. This is Benjamin Price. And this is Sean Money reporting for Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine from Kansas City, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by The Magic Sash. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, from Kansas City, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with AZ Robertson and Jacob Chase about Come Play. Next up, we'll be interviewing Daniel Nedson about Skydog. Hi, I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First. And today, I'm super excited to speak with Daniel Knudsen, the director and protagonist of Skydog. Mr. Knudsen has worked in films like A Horse Called Bear, Creed of Gold, Rather to Be Chosen, and Christmas Grace. Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me today. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me. So, what drew you to direct and star in Skydog? Well, when I was a kid, I was probably close to your age, and I was really interested in getting into acting. I was auditioning for different things and trying to get involved in the film industry. And I live in the great state of Michigan, and there's not a whole lot going on here as far as films go. So uh, I went to Florida, worked in Orlando for a couple of summers when I was 17 and 18. And then I started branching out and directing and producing stuff so that we could make stuff right here where I live and as a result I got into directing and producing and then I was still interested in acting so that's why I've still kept the acting bug alive Uh, but now I do actually probably more a lot more directing and producing. Nice and what drew you to this specific project what 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 was what did you see that was special about Skydog? Yeah, so I was uh, 16 or 17 years old and I started writing this script with my dad. My dad's a pilot (laughs) and uh, my brother's also a pilot. So aviation runs in the family and I wanted to do an aviation movie. And so they're real pilots and now I'm a fake movie pilot. (laughs) Yeah, actually I saw it. There were lots of amazing flight scenes. So did you actually get a chance to pilot a plane in those scenes? I really did get a chance to fly. There was a flight instructor in the other chair who is not on screen that that moment that we're really flying, but I really did sit down and fly a uh, Cessna. That's super cool. That's awesome. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So how are Colt, the character that you play, and you, how are the two of you similar? I think we're both similar in the fact that we're both kind of... Uh, you know, they're the, they're the likable friend at school type character that's uh, silly, not too serious, but is, is hopefully a, a, good, a good friend to be around just kind of hanging out with as a pal. And that's what I like to do with my friends, just kind of hang out and, and be there for each other. And I think that Colt is a little like that. So I think we're, uh, we're similar in that way. Uh, probably one of the biggest things we're different in is I'm not a pilot in real life. So. <laughs> No, we all love to have that friend, you know, the, the fun, silly, kind of all-around awesome friend. <laughs> so what was the challenge that you faced in playing Colt? Well, you know, it's funny. I've actually acted before and I've directed before. I have never done them both at the same time. I think the biggest challenge, which this is, it's a tough feat. I have so much respect for Clint Eastwood and Mel Gibson. There's a couple of directors in Hollywood who do this really well. I'm sure there's others that uh, I'm, I'm not as familiar with, but directing and acting in a film 
is a tremendous challenge because you have so many responsibilities and your responsibilities are divided between production and acting. So it's, it's a little tricky balancing all of them. I'd say that was probably the biggest challenging challenge, just balancing those two things. But Colt was such a fun character and I loved the script. So I felt totally ready to play it. And I just jumped in and kind of gave it my own uh, interpretation and I had a good time and uh, I hope people enjoy watching it. Totally, yeah. So you mentioned kind of uh, balancing both director and actor uh, in this project. So which role did you enjoy more? Like which role do you find yourself being like, yeah, I love this more, director or actor? be honest, acting is a lot more fun. (laughs) I thought you were going to say that. And why? Acting is more fun because acting is where you get a chance to pretend and you do all the fun things. Being a director is, it's fun too, but there's so, there's so many more responsibilities on your head because you're like, you're concerned about everyone. I mean, as an actor, you're concerned about everyone, but as a director, it's like everything is on your shoulders. You got to make sure everything goes down correctly. You gotta be filming all of your shots each day, finish up those scenes. And uh, there's just the pressure to get the project done and all of that on your shoulders. So I think acting is a little more fun because it's it's the part where you get to more just experiment and play with things and, and directing is a little bit more of a responsibility but they're both a lot of fun and honestly I love both of them I really do it's uh it's so much fun to tell a story I love stories story is such a fun thing to share with people and I feel extremely blessed that I gave a chance to uh to be a part of storytelling of course yeah I think I totally get that acting in some parts, you know, you don't have as much responsibility, so, you know, you can have a bit more fun with it. But there's also something kind of, you kind of get a rush with all the power that you have as a director, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, as a director, sometimes you find something that just, you know, you're working with actors and you find a little gem that you pull out and you're talking to all the other actors, working with them, pulling out their character as best you can and, you know, finding those characters. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's, an, it's an amazingly fun, creative process. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking with Zoe about the witches, Jude about Come Play, Trent Corey, Dan Abraham, Peter Del Vecco, and Becky Brissy about Once Upon a Snowman, Jacob Chase and Asia Robertson about Come Play. Right now, we're continuing our interview with Daniel Nutson about Skydog. So, how did Skydog impact, change, or better your skills as a director and even uh, as an actor? Well, Skydog was my first feature as as an actor to star in. So I would say it was a great learning experience in, in that respect. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I would say it made me better as a director in being able to just be more focused and to have more endurance and to hopefully be uh, even more organized and faster at filming a production. So. Every movie you do is a learning experience, and this one was no different, but it went really well. We had a great cast and crew. I just love the people we worked with. We had super good people, and uh, my co-star, Vicki Lynn Smith, was amazing. She was a fantastic person, the kindest person, so much fun to work with. So, yeah, I'm really grateful. So, without giving too much away, what was your favorite scene from Skydog and why? Oh, good question. There's this little scene where I am uh, borrowing a computer, maybe not with uh, permission, and I have to sneak in and grab it. And it's kind of a short scene. It's really one steady cam shot. 
I don't know why, but that scene was so much fun to do. So sneaking around and grabbing a computer was kind of an odd scene to be the favorite, but that was definitely my favorite. <laughs> That's awesome. So to close, what do you hope that audiences take away from Skydog? Well, this movie is a fun movie about the magic of flight. So I hope that people are just entertained watching it. It's supposed to be a fun movie, not a movie that you're breaking down and <laughs> psychoanalyzing and trying to figure out what uh, what uh, the deeper meaning of life is in that regard. However, it does have a message that I think applies to everyone. And it's got a message of friendship and it has a message of real life being more important than video games and getting out there and really doing something with our lives, finding our identity, finding our purpose in life. And so it's a, it's a fun movie that encapsulates all that. So I hope people enjoy it and I hope that they watch it and they come away walking away saying I'm better as a result of watching that movie. I feel better about myself. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be part of this human experience and I want to be a better friend and I want to do even greater things with my life than I'm currently doing. That is a super message, super powerful message. And um, I do think that audiences are going to love this film. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for uh, doing this review. And thanks for doing this interview. Really great to meet you guys. I've been a fan of uh, Kids First for a while now. So it's, uh, it's fun to sit down with you. Thanks so much for speaking with me, Daniel. Skydog is releasing on October 20th, 2020 on digital and DVD. This is Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First signing off. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by The Magic Sash. I'm Catherine from Kansas City, reporting for Kids First. Goodbye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.